and welcome to another episode of the Richmond Big Footy Tigercast. I'm your host, Michaels, with a, a child on the way that will be a Richmond supporter, thank God. So well done to the Tigers for winning on the weekend. You've made me a very happy dad to be. Um, I'm, I'm honestly not sure how I would have coped if, if the result had gone the other way. Um, the wife's taken it very well for what it's worth. I think she thinks the second kid might be a Hawthorne supporter, but I'll try and get out of that one as well. Uh, tonight's show is going to be... A good one. We've got one new guest and, and one guest coming back for his second time. So our first guest uh, was in the same year level as Dimmer's son in high school. Bolly, welcome to the show. Hello, thanks for having me. No worries at all. So the same level as Dimmer's son, was there, what, how long ago was this and was there any banter that went on with him or was he just a pretty regular kind of guy? Uh, like, he was a pretty regular kind of guy. He was part of the big... Uh like, footy crew uh, in, in my year level. So I, I graduated in 2014, um, and so that obviously was a fantastic year for us where he um, would have received... He, everyone got into him uh, pretty regularly. Like, so I guess that's uh, sort of the curse of being the coach's son because, like, the highs are high and the lows are... Oh, my gosh, there was a lot of bands being thrown across the, uh, the playground, if you will. Yeah, I can imagine that wouldn't have been a pleasant time to, to be the coach's son. Um, we'll start with the first question. How, how did you become a Richmond supporter? Um, it's it's pretty much the, the same old tale of I have no choice. Um, I I was born and my and my parents thought, you know what? Like Being a Richmond supporter and losing all your life just builds a lot of character. So how about we just put this burden on our child? And, uh, and well, here I am. <laughs> Absolutely, and um, your favourite grand final moment? Well, I'm uh, pretty split on this one. Like, yeah, I'm not sure which one it was. It was, I think, it was Jack Graham's last goal. Uh, just lit up. Like, I was at Punt Road Oval watching the game, and I was buying some beers with a mate of mine. And like Jack Graham sees the goal, the entire crowd erupts. Everyone looks around, and that gave us enough time to flip out, out the gates and bring the beers back to where we were sitting. So he provided a lovely screen for us. It was beautiful. It was. And um, our second guest is a returning guest for the second time. He got his first hat trick, or well, he got a hat trick in his first game of senior cricket, which is sensational. Tiger spent 35. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me, Michaels. Um, yeah, hat trick in my, my first game of senior cricket for my club. Uh, basically bowled three overs without anything really happening and then all of a sudden I got a wicket, got another one and then Everett, the captain put the field in, got another one. It was a bit, I couldn't really believe it at the time, but it was a great moment. I loved what do you it. bowl, your spin or pace? Um, I'm a leg spinner, yeah. Oh, nice. And, so and you, ha- you 100% have to bring the entire field in for any kind of hat trick. Uh, it doesn't matter what sort yeah. of game, you've got to have everyone around the bat. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And we've had you on before, so we you know a bit of fun stuff with how you became a Tiger supporter. But the grand final, what was your favourite moment? Uh, probably Prestia's goal at the start of the last quarter. Um, when Lambert ran down the members' wing and handballed it into him and he snapped and goaled. And then uh, Bruce McAvaney went, you know what, it's, time, it's Tiger time, you know. So that was, that was when I, I, was I realised we were going to do it and there was no, um, no choking. No, I actually just got goosebumps and thinking about that moment. So that, that was that play yeah. itself, starting on the wing, the build-up to it. wasn't the greatest of yeah. handballs, but uh, no, it no, did yeah. really well. Okay, we'll it was great. With, it, it was, it was. Um, we'll kick off with the roast and toast. Bolly, you've got the roast this week. What have you got for us? 
Alrighty, well, look, this has been uh, talked about a lot in the autopsy threads, but my gosh, just taking taking the foot off the throat in the last quarter, I've really got to put it down to. Um, just you have the opportunity to really put teams away, and uh, they just they got pretty complacent. There was a, a couple things leading to this. Uh, I will. Not quite a roast, but I'll give like a light sear to Butler for his shocking handball instead of just taking the shot. Like I really liked his game overall, but my gosh, that that was a momentum killer that one. And the worst part of all is we could have put them away percentage. However, we are now sitting pretty at ninth on the ladder. So that, that handball yeah, that that really frustrated me. There was zero need to do it. It was what thirty meters out straight in front. And he would have gone back and slotted it, and it probably would have, yeah, really knocked the sail out of their, uh, the wind out of their sail. Sorry, but the fact it was turned over, it got him back into it. But um, yeah, a fair enough, a fair enough roast. We do need to learn to to hold on to those leads and, and extend them in the last quarter. Uh, Tiger fan thirty five, you've got the toast for tonight. What have you got? I've got um, I've got Reese Conker toasting Reese Conker. I'm not exactly a fan of him. I haven't gone too hard on him um, compared to other people on our board, but he, his first quarter was a bit bad. It was bad, like every other game he's played this year. But um, I, my, my member's seat, uh, I sit near the near the interchange bench, and I saw him, he was filthy with himself. So I was like, oh, he's not going to have a great game. He's a bit down in confidence. And then all of a sudden, second, third, and fourth quarter, he bounced back and um, had positive impact and I think with him it's all about his confidence because with the first two games he would have been so down but it's good to see him uh, get some confidence going and have a positive impact for once. Yeah I agree and I'll put my hand up in the, at quarter time I was filthy with him he had an absolute nightmare I thought if we're going <laughs> so to was I. for another four quarters we're basically a man down but to his credit like you said his second half in particular was quite good. They just left him in the middle for a lot longer, and I thought he was probably a, a bit of a vital yeah. part as to reason why we didn't get completely obliterated in clearances. He won his fair share in there, which was good. Yeah, he was going hard for the ball. It was good to see. He just need, I just think he needs to handball more than he kicks, to be honest. I think it's Definitely, just, yeah. It's as simple as that. Like, just play within your limitations. Let you know the other guys with the elite skills make those dangerous passes. If his strength is extracting the ball, then just extract it and get it out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, might I just add, there was a couple like, beautiful handball chains that sort of came to conquer, and, and that's kind of where it ended. Um, like he was <laughs> he was fantastic through the middle, but there was a couple of chain kicks here and there that sort of yeah ended that passage of play. Yeah, yeah and, and hope, but hopefully he does pick up that confidence from his second half and carried into next week. Um, I'd be pretty surprised if we dropped him based on his second half efforts. The only way I can see it happening potentially is if Presti is fit, which I'm sure we'll get to later on. Mm. We'll push on to the autopsy thread play of the year award. So this is an update after round two and three, because I missed last week's one due to the the holidays. Uh, So for round three, the game against the Hawks, the votes went five for Cochin, four for Rance, three for Edwards, two for Rewalt, and one for McIntosh which has our overall leaderboard so far, is Dusty on 10 votes, Josh Caddy on 6 votes, uh, on 5 votes is Trent Cotter and Alex Rance, and on 4 votes, Dan Butler, Shane Edwards, and Jack Rewalt. It was good to see McIntosh get into the votes there, uh, Bolly. What did you make of his game? Uh, I thought he was good. He he had... It was at least a, a good rebound from last week. So, like, if that's your point of reference, I think any improvement is fantastic. Uh, he, like... A couple of moments, like there was, uh, there was this passage of play where he got tackled twice within 
maybe yeah. like 20 seconds. <laughs> Holding um, the ball twice. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's like I like how ambitious it is. Ambitious it is, but I mean, K Mac, you gotta you gotta really think about these ones. He he backed in, like he sort of fell back into the tackle, which looks a bit silly. Um, <laughs> but look, he's definitely got room for improvement. I do like him. I do like his running carry, but it's just it's those occasional brain fade moments that sort of push him back. His um his his weakness is his kicking, and that was what was good about his game yesterday. So he kicked a really good goal from a set shot. Um, that was good to see. That was a great goal. Uh, I, I didn't yeah. think he was going to kick it, to be honest. But um, me neither. But uh, yeah. it was straight through the middle. But no, it was good to see. Him kick it. I thought he was pretty big for us in the first half. I thought he did a really good job running up and down the wing all day. Yeah. We'll push on to the, the main review of the round three game versus the Hawks. So Richmond 15-12-102 defeated Hawthorne 13-11-89 by 13 points. The goal kickers were Rewalt with four, Castagna with three, Higgins with two, Lloyd, Butler, Edwards, McIntosh, Grigg, and Nan Curvis. I'm not even sure we can count Nan Curvis as one because that was a <laughs> complete accident. But we'll, it's on the scorecard, so we'll read it out. Uh, Tiger Span, I'll start with you. Uh, where was the game won and lost for us? Like, what what did we do right that got us over the line? Um, I just think that we um, we we in the second second and third quarter we we made our um, our chances count. We we capitalised on them and um, got ourselves a good lead. But as Bolly said, you know, if we didn't if we weren't in that lead, we would have lost the game because we were awful in the last quarter. But yeah, we um, I think that. Tackled hard. Uh, what's his name? Castagna. Six tackles. That was mm. that was good to see. Um, great forward pressure. That was what got us a lot of goals, I think. And, Bolly, one of the big concerns I had during the game, and I'm sure most Tiger people had, was we got dominated again in the centre clearances. The amount of times we kicked a goal and within 30 seconds they'd replied. What? How do we solve this issue? Oh, gosh. So... You're completely right. Like, I remember exactly after Jack Higgins, Jack Higgins kicked his first goal, and then suddenly, just straight up the center, I think it was uh, Porpolo who just, like, sinks one immediately. It's just, it saps a bit of the joy out of, like, those really nice moments. Um, uh, like, Nankervis does a really good job of getting to ground, but, like, having said that, he's a big unit, so you can't expect him to just have the speed that everyone else. Um, I think having Dion around there like, adds a fair bit. Definitely. Uh, yeah. And the last one we'll speak about with this game, Tigers fan, Alex Rance. He had a massive game, and I know he took a lot of intercept marks, but I think a lot of it would have come down to the pressure our mids were applying to their mids with the kicks. But how did you rate Rance's game? Uh, yeah, it was great. And I think definitely a little time, you know, we, a lot of pressure on the kick, and he, he just reads it beautifully and takes a good mark. And um, he did a great job just to um, not allow them to to get on top at all, and great response from last week. Um, great to see. Definitely was. Uh, we'll push on to the man of the moment who made his debut with us, Jack Higgins. 12 disposals, two marks, one tackle, two goals, one behind, and he joins the first kick, first goal club, and his celebration was absolutely wonderful to see. Uh, oh. how, did, how did you rate Jack Higgins' debut against the Hawks? I, I loved it. He's just he's a character, which I... I love in football, like just having these people that you can get around, pure, like not just for their performance, but for their personality. Because you can just, you can see the smile on his face. It was like, it was either ear his grin. Um, after that, and the, like the commentators loved it. Everyone, like all the boys came in. It was just a really nice moment for the guy. And you can't help but be really pleased for him. Um, yeah, yeah. Outside of that, 
outside of his two goals, which were both crackers, uh, there was a, there was a really good smother in the first quarter where he, he, yeah, so who was kicking out, but he, he dives on in. So his like you can just see him like as Dimmer said, he's still learning the game, but he's learning it fast, and he's honestly going to really really push some of the small forces spots. It was um, on his celebration. What I liked about it, it was good to see a Ford or anyone really to genuinely enjoy the moment. Like a lot of players, they feel like they have to contain themselves a little bit when they kick their first goal, and it's still exciting. Everyone gets around him, but to see yeah. him just unleash and go for a run, I thought that was really good. Yeah, he loved it. He did. And Tiger, saying, what did you make of his game? Oh, I think it was it was brilliant. And uh, his preseason, been a lot of talk about him just being like working the house down. So. I, I just think he's like, how did we get him in the draft? With, as it can't believe he wasn't picked up earlier, but it's great, it's great, and yeah. um, yeah. I was gonna say that that's the ma- massive flaw with the how the drafting works is it was basically because he was too small according to recruiters. Yeah. And to me, size doesn't really matter in that sense. If you're if you have the ability to find the ball and do things with it, you should get taken. Yeah, and like. And the in the schedule it said what does he need to improve on? It he doesn't like the only thing that he'll improve on is he'll understand the way we play as he plays more and more. And he's he's a brilliant player well, from what I've seen so far. So that that'll be uh that'll be easy for him. So I look forward to yeah, I think he'll be a great player for the future, you know. He will, he will be. And Bolly, I just want to highlight his football brain, I guess you would call it. The the first goal that he kicked, when that was kicked in by Dusty, the umpire called touch play on. But out of about, say, five to seven players, he was the only one that reacted straight away once he marked it. He's obviously a very clever player. Yeah, he's, he was straight onto it, which was amazing. You just see everyone stall around. He just he saw the moment was there and grabbed it with both hands. It was fantastic to see. Wasn't Hopefully he gets another run out this week. Um, well, I think you're, you're right what you said, Tigers fan, that he, he's just going to get better as he learns the game plan. The only thing, and this is being super critical um, and nitpicking, but you would like to see, I suppose, more tackles purely based around what our game plan's about. And I think that's what yeah. Bolton kind of got dropped for because he, he wasn't making the tackles. But yeah. at the same time, Higgins still had the ability to hit the scoreboard and he was still creating pressure. So it's, yeah, you sort of take that. and He'll get there with time, I think. Yeah, definitely. All right, we'll move on to a new segment. We're going to try a bit of a who am I game, not who am I literally, because we all know who I am. Uh, So I'm going to read out some stats and facts about this player, and when you think you know the answer, just buzz in with your Bigfooter username, and we'll we'll see if you can get it right. So the first one, I was born the 31st of May in 1990 in Melbourne. That you're probably not going to get it from that, but I thought I'd check it. No way. I played my TAC football for the Sandringham Dragons. I was drafted in the 2008 draft by Richmond. I made my oh. debut round 12, 2009 against West Coast at Etihad Stadium. <laughs> I played as a forward slash ruck. Um, yeah, uh, Tigers fan. Yep, who is it? Uh, what's Graham? No. Is that his name? Incorrect. I'll keep going. All I right. played 119 games for Richmond and kicked 158 goals. <laughs> and this is the last one, so I hope to God one of you get it. I went to Hawthorne <laughs> as a free agent at the end of 2016. Tigers fan. Bah. Who is it? <laughs> Tyrone Vickery. Our man Tyrone Vickery for the Tyrone Vickery Cup. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I thought it'd be fun to put him in there, given the uh, the history between the two clubs. Good to see we we retain the Thai Vickery Cup as well. Of course, it's it's honestly what we play for. I in a, in a weird way kind of miss Thai, like not not as a player, but just as what he represented. It's kind of a nostalgic time. <laughs> he's, he's an interesting player, like. He was so frustrating because he could take the marks. His kicking was almost elite, but his work rate was just non-existent. I um, I remember he came in, had the number 29, and my dad, because I was like five at the time, my dad was like, oh, he's got the number 29, Kevin Bartlett. I followed him, and he was just disappointing. And then I remember he had that one game against Collingwood in 20, yes. 2015, and that was, <laughs> it was his best game of his career. It was incredible. Showed everything that um, we didn't think he, he could do. His, his all his potential one, came into that one one game. His little run around the um, sort of near the boundary and snuck around and kicked that goal just lit up the <laughs> MCG. It was fantastic. <laughs> uh, and now he's just carrying cuts around in his backpack. We love fun. We say how the mighty have fallen, but you know. Come on, yeah. <laughs> And like I put in my in my preview last week, I think he was a huge part of our 2017 flag just by not being there. <laughs> Definitely. We'll move on to another game, and this one's going to be a, a Richmond Word Association game. So I'll um, I'll we'll go with Bolly first. So I'll read out a word or a sentence, and just tell me the first thing that comes to your mind, and we'll just alternate between yourself and Tigers fan, and try not to swear. You know, it's the first thing that comes to your mind. <laughs> And it doesn't have to be a one-word answer. It could be a, a small sentence as well, because some of mine are a bit longer right. as well. So, Bolly, you'll go up first. Damien Hardwick. Oh, just just a bloke. Just an absolute, absolute bloke. I, I have, obviously, a huge amount of admiration for him. Um, I love how he's just, you know, he's pretty... He's, he seems pretty genuine. He has his, like, you know standard responses and thing in, in like press conferences and stuff but he just seems like a good guy who can like you share a beer with him absolutely uh tigers fan the qualifying final win against geelong oh um maybe just um uh i think it was oh it was just good to just good to beat geelong after the build-up during the week about them being all salty that they didn't get it at um Cadinia park but yeah, I was I was just over the moon. Bolly, Sam Lloyd's goal after the siren versus Sydney. Oh, ecstasy. I mean, like, what? how, how else can you describe it? That was just, like, that was the highlight of, of last, oh, sorry, not last year, of uh, 2016. A very, very small nugget of gold and otherwise just terrible, terrible season. Definitely. We, we played so well in that game. We deserved it. It was... Mm-hmm. It was wonderful. I remember, um, like, like having gone to the game, I brought a lot of, I brought a bunch of friends who, had, some of them it was their very first game of football, and they sat down there and they obviously were blown away. A couple of them wanted to leave at three quarter time, and I said, you know what? There's a, there's a chance. But, but when I say that, most of the time there isn't. But no, I've had a bit of time. All right, uh, Tigers fan David Asprey. Uh, um, oh, just a. Um, really good, uh, really good intercept mark. Just great for. I think he just suits in really well with our structure. Just um, yeah, just that. Bolly Punt Road Oval. 
Oh, I mean, Swinburne. Can I say that? Can, I just you can, like. You can say that. I, I just don't know how I feel. Like, obviously, you know, I'm glad that we have the corporate sponsorship and the money flowing in. But like the Swin, having seeing it as a Swinburne center, it kind of sends shivers down my spine. But you know, that's my take. Uh, Tigers fan Jack Dyer. Ah, uh, just a legend of the club. You know, and um, just another person in our rich history that um, that has built our club up to the history that has. And without him and a lot of the other guys, it uh, wouldn't be the same. We wouldn't have the, the support base that we have. Very true. Uh, Bolly, Dustin Martin. Oh, Jet. Absolute Jet. I mean, what, what, he's just, he's a gun. He's a gun. There's nothing else to say about him. He took home every award that he possibly could last year. It's just, yeah, the proof is in the pudding. Jet. Absolutely, yeah. And the final one for Tigers fan, Jack Rewalt. Ah, uh, just a, just a tiger, just true blue tiger. I think just because he's um he's always been there. He's been our star forward. His passion in the grand final was great to see. I love him. Yeah, he definitely wears his heart on his sleeve, doesn't he? Yeah, that's what I like about him. And I'm wrapped he's in the leadership group as well. I know it happened like last year, but it was a long time yeah. coming for him. He really does lead the way for those young kids up forward. Yeah, he's a great role model. All right, we'll push on to the, the preview for the round four game versus Brisbane. I'm not sure if either of you caught any of the Brisbane game last week, but uh, they lost to Port Adelaide by five points. But in all honesty, Brisbane were brilliant. Um, I saw the second half, and, and their setup defensively was first rate. They were all working as a unit. Uh, they were hard at the ball. And I, I really did think that Port Adelaide were going to win that game by you know, 40, 50 points. But to Brisbane's credit, they, they were all over them. So I'll start with you, Bolly. Where's the game going to be won or lost for Richmond? Um, we just have to play like we normally do. Like, just without taking away much like credit from Brisbane, Richmond, we are the reigning premiers, and we really should go to town on them. I do rate them, um, and I like I would have loved to to have seen them take take down Port Adelaide. Um, and they like like they were a little bit robbed in some sense, like they worked so hard and it was like kind of devastating to me to like see Port go over win. But just if Richmond bring their standard game plan, pressure, I feel like the inexperience of the of the Lions is sort of trouble. And Tigers fan, do you think it's fair to say that this game for Richmond in particular will be largely won or lost with our own mental approach to the game? I remember last time we played them at Eddie Had, it felt like we took them way too lightly and they almost did us. Yeah, I think that we can't take them lightly this time because last year they didn't have a good uh, defensive structure at all. And um, this year with Luke Hodge, I think it's all coming together pretty well for them defensively. So we won't be able to get those easy goals that we got last year. So we can't take them lightly at all. And if we do, we um, we might lose. If we play badly and take them lightly, we'll lose. And the Luke Hodge point you made, an interesting one. I mean, really, that has to be the sole reason why they went after him, to, to shore up their defensive structure. Yeah, just his leadership and experience with the um, the youngsters I've got coming through, I think, really helps them. It's good for yeah, them. It definitely does. And, Bolly, what, what do our main focuses need to be for this week's game? Just, like, continue, continue bringing the pressure and also skills, uh, handball skills. Like, there was a... Some beautiful handball chains uh, against Hawthorne. They just they went coast to coast. There was a couple of uh, lopsided ones which ended them, but overall we we seemed very very fast and very very clean. So 
if they're able to clean that up a little bit, keep the run and carry going, um, it'll go a long way to really pounding on the goals. The handballing game was interesting because I think that was definitely done by design against the Hawks to get through their zone. I don't think we wanted to try and kick our way through it. Um, so, yeah, it will be interesting to see if we try and handball our way from end-to-end again because it was fascinating to watch them try and do it. Yeah, it's, it's really exciting, actually, watching us do that. I love mm. it when it works out. It didn't used to work out, but it does now. I think they need to do it up until they get to probably past the centre circle, then maybe look at trying to kick it to a forward because we started to overpossess it. Like, we'd hit them on the counter-attack and be in hundreds of acres of space. And we'd stuff it up with just a really, really poor skill error that was meant to be a simple pass. Mm. And Tigers fans, Brisbane won the clearances last week against Port and the contested possession, so they're up for the challenge. What what do we need to do, I suppose, structurally or with personnel in the middle to try and win those clearances in the contested possession? Because we've been beaten twice in the last two games. I think I think a lot of it is Dion Prestia, but... I th- like last year we smashed them in the uh, in the uh, clearances, so and they've been good this year with the clearances and we've been bad. So it'd be it'd be interesting to see. But I think if Dion Prestia comes back, that's a huge huge bonus for us. But if he doesn't, which is which could be that could happen, then we've got a. I think Nanka's got to stink, step up, which he's been he's been good this year, and. Um, I just think that we've got to get Dusty in the middle a lot more. He's been he's been in the forward line a lot this year. I like him in the middle when we're not doing too great in the clearances. His brute get, gets the ball. Speaking of Dusty, I don't know about you two, and I posted this in the autopsy thread, but I reckon he was a bit injured or underdone. Something was wrong with him because he Absolutely. was hardly in the middle at mm. all, and he just didn't have the same impact on the game whatsoever. There was a couple of instances where he sort of it was a bit slow to get up, and I think he was sort of uh, clutching around his groin or thigh area. So maybe there might be a little niggle there. Um, but even even without being dominant, he was uh, he was still pretty good. Yeah, he just wasn't his explosive self like like he is normally. But we won the game, and he did set up Sam Lloyd's goal, which was mm. which was pretty good. Yeah, exactly. Because it was interesting because with Caddy being out, I expected him to spend more time in the midfield because we didn't really have that luxury to, to rest him. But it was, yeah. kind of, it was the complete opposite, which kind of is what sparked my interest in how he was travelling. And at the same time, I think that's why Koch went to another level. I think he knew something wasn't right and he had to try and take on a bit more of the responsibility that Dusty usually would. And Koch went to a new level, so that worked out for us as well. Yeah, he, he was brilliant on on Sunday. Uh, the one player I want to talk about from Brisbane before we get into the matchups is Mitch Robinson. He had 11 tackles last week, and I know he's not the most gifted football in terms of skill, but Jesus, he goes in hard. Um, do you reckon he's going to get the job on one of our midfielders, Bolly? Um, I mean, like, if, if we go through history, I imagine he'll be sort of, like, being a bit of a pest to Dustin Martin. Um, like, what was the spotlight kind of got shown on him last time at Eddie had when he, like... It looked like he was just trying to cork him, which is absolutely disgraceful. Oh, that was um, um, Robinson, Ro- oh, Robinson, yeah. the other guy. Ah. Yeah. Um, well, in that case, like uh, you'd be you'd be silly not to tag one of like one of the midfielders. Like if you like, Koch does respond well to tags on occasion, but there have been times where he's just sort of disappeared. Like I don't think he was especially great against Adelaide. Um, and like, of course, you know, before he brought his game to a new level, it was notorious that if you tagged him in the final, he'd fall apart. Yeah, and I think you're right. He will go to one of them. Um, 
but yeah, hopefully we can kind of really quell his hardball getting uh, ability because he's just he's got no fear for his own body that bloke well uh, we'll push on to the other key matchups I'll start with you Tigers fan Kane Lambert versus Dane Zorko what, what do you make of that one uh, I think that um, Kane Lambert's just got to bring the pressure like he does normally because all he's got to, all he's got to do he he doesn't necessarily have to get goals like all of our other small forwards it comes if the pressure comes. So he's just got to uh, work hard on sticking with Dane Zorko because Dane Zorko can be dangerous. He's, he's good. He's good kick. He's, he's good for Brisbane. So if he, uh, if he does win that matchup, it's huge for us winning the game, I think. Yeah, Zorko is, I suppose, one of their best players. Um, he not only wins the ball 30 times a game, but he could kick four or five goals himself. So it is important for Kane to, to have a really good game on him. Uh, Bolly, Nick Vlosten versus Charlie Cameron. I, I know Grimes could go to Charlie Cameron as well, but they've also got Lewis Taylor, so I've just gone mm. with Vlosten for the time being. How do you see that one playing out? Well, I think Nick, uh, like he's, he's real hard at the footy, and I feel like there's the opportunity where he's going to be crunching Cameron into the ground quite a lot. Um, like Cameron is very slippery and very damaging around goals. I think he scored uh, like eight or nine goals this season. Like he's been he's been pretty good for the Lions, so I think he'll definitely be one to watch and maybe one more one of their more dangerous forwards. Actually, I think Tigger definitely has the uh, uh, he he definitely has what it takes to sort of nullify him. But I wouldn't I wouldn't ex- uh, be surprised if Cameron gets the better of him. Yeah, and I think Vlosten back in the side last week made such a big difference. I think we didn't realise how much we missed him until he mm. wasn't there. If that makes sense, uh, the week before. So I think he'll, he'll do a good job. Uh, Tigers fan, I think one of the biggest matchups for this game that will potentially decide the outcome is Nankervis versus Steph Martin. Uh, for me, I think Steph Martin's one of the best ruckmen in the competition. Um, how do you think Toby Nankervis is going to go up against him? Yeah, well, Steph Martin was amazing on, um, I think, Saturday when they played. He was so good. And uh, Nank has to... Nank's a great ruckman and a great player, and he's got to bring his A game if he, if he wants to stick with Steph Martin. Because... Um, Steph Martin could get on top of him. He's definitely one of the best in the competition, as you said. So I think that Nank just has to um, he has to get around the ground with Steph because I think Steph Martin's a lot, um, a lot, he's a lot uh, more mobile. Yeah. So that that'd be interesting to see. But I yeah. think Nank can definitely do the job on him. Yeah, he definitely is a lot more mobile, and Martin has the that really good ability to go forward and cause a lot of damage. And I know he wasn't against Patrick Ryder last week, but he still had something like 49 hit-outs or something ridiculous like that. So yeah. once he gets on top, he's going to give the midfield silver platter service. So Nankervis's game is pretty vital to us not getting smashed in the stoppages again. Yeah. And the last one, Bolly, there's been talk on the Lions board that Dane Beams will be back in this week. Um, yeah. Put down Cotton might be a matchup, but it might be more of a head-to-head as opposed to looking after each other kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a classic captain on captain. Uh, they'll both be trying to lead from the front and do what they can do. Uh, like they're in some ways, they kind of mirror themselves. Like they're both very hard um, at the contest. They win a lot of contested ball, uh, and they can both like push forward and be quite dangerous there. So it's this will be a real interesting one. Um, I don't think that they'll be sort of sitting uh, sitting on each other, but uh, I. I you wouldn't be surprised to see them like going hard, like sort of setting the example for both their teams. 
Yeah, agree. I don't think we'll um, sit anyone on him. I'm, I think we'd be quite happy to watch that one go head to head. And if it was starting to get out of control, then we'll look at making a move, I guess. We'll uh, look at the uh, possible changes for us this week, uh, and there could be a few with a few blokes coming back in. So it looks like Caddy's probably going to come back in. Um, Prestia might be a sneaky chance. Uh, Tigers fan, what what, do, what changes do you foresee happening for us? I one thing I don't think Nathan Broad will come back in because Short's been really good this year, and I don't think Nathan Broad's the sort of player just yet to just waltz into the the starting. Uh, 22 when he's when he's ready. So I, I don't think that'll happen. It's it's hard because a lot of the players that are on the fringes of getting dropped were good last week. So like Conker Higgins was like amazing. I and he he's definitely on the fringes. I I really don't want to see him drop, but it, it may happen. I I don't know. I mean, Caddy has to come back in, but it's hard to hard to see where who, who's going to get dropped. I would say that maybe... Probably Conker in the end, I think. Either Conker or Lloyd. Like, Conker was great, uh, apart from his, his interesting first quarter. But Lloyd, was like, he's a fantastic goal. I just don't think he added a huge amount to the rest of the game. Um, Townsend was also a little bit quiet, so you could see him, like, move for Caddy. But he also plays, a, like, a great role in nullifying um, some of the key defenders. So uh, it's, yeah. it's a really... It's a headache. The other one I'm, I'm almost scared to mention is Jack Graham. He, he's had a oh, couple of quiet weeks. Uh, I know we all love him, but um, does he need Heresy. to find a bit of form into, in the twos, maybe? Look, potentially. He has been uh, pretty quiet. Like he, he was decent in the midfield. Like um, I, I saw he was sort of matched up on Tom Mitchell for a little bit. Uh, like Maybe he could be one of those situations where... If he's in, maybe you chuck him on on like Zorka or Beans, but like he he's definitely been one of the players that have been a little bit down, so it would be disappointing, but not surprising. And Tigers fan, I know you mentioned Higgins before. Where where do we stand with him? Like first game player, typically speaking, if someone has to make way for well, now we can say a premiership player. Usually it's the first well, the last bloke that comes in is usually the first one to go out. But are we wanting him to be a regular in our top 22, or does he have to make way for experience just by default? I, I don't think he has to make way for experience just by default. I'd I'd love to see him stay in the team somehow this week. I think he's a great player for us at the moment. Um, in the VFL, he was great in the first in the f- first few practice matches, and he's. Um, I just want to see him get game time because that's what he needs to become the star that. We've seen he, he can be. I think I'd, I'd love to see him stay. Yeah, like it's kind of when you put it like that, like you can sort of reflect back on how Jack Graham was performing towards the end of last season. Like you know, you could we could have made way for experience there, like with, with an Anthony Miles or something like that. But if they keep him in this week and he performs, then, then like if he's a performing player, I take him out. Yeah, exactly. And speaking of the VFL guys, you've had a pretty good win over Port Melbourne. Bolter is the other one that has really impressed people um, just by reading the comments and the reviews. Where do we think he's sitting in the pecking order? I know probably this week might not be the week to do it, or do we do we leave him there for another couple of weeks? Where do we think he's at? I think that he'll... Um, I th- if he keeps performing like he did on Saturday, he'll come in in the, in the next uh, five to ten rounds because we're, we're the sort of club to give players like him a chance. You know, we gave... 
gave Jack Graham a chance right at the end of the season. So definitely he'll come in if he keeps performing well in the VFL. And Bolly Coriolis, he had a pretty good game in the VFL. He, he played to the level that we would all like him to play to in the AFL. Uh, where do you sort of see him with cracking back into the seniors? Is he a chance or is he going to stay there for a few more weeks to show some consistency? Unfortunately, Coriolis is just a bit of a revolving door at this stage. Like, he just, like he'll perform and this people say it time and time again, he was fantastic in the VFL and then every time he gets an opportunity at AFL level, he's either somewhat decent or sort of under the mark a little bit. Like, I know he was he, he was pretty good against Adelaide, but still, it's just, I think that people, unfortunately, like the idea of Corey Ellis than him himself. Like, there's, the, the potential is the most frustrating thing. I think he's, like, not high enough in the pecking order that he's going to be cracking back um, over other people. And Tigers fan, Anthony Miles, uh, where, where do we see him fitting into the team, if he can fit in at all? Um, at the moment, I can't see him fitting in, but what I love about him is he's just always there. He's a great replacement. He performs well when he comes back in. So if we do have any injuries in the midfield, if um, if someone goes down there, he'll definitely come in and do his job. That's that's what he's done throughout his whole career at Richmond. All right, so we all pretty much universally agree that Sam Lode will probably come out for Caddy, but as for any any other changes, it might be up in the air. I'm still not convinced Presti will come back in this week, um, and I tend to agree yeah. with your thoughts on Jaden Short having a good season so far, but I can see why they'd be tempted to put Broad back in. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be an yeah. interesting week at the selection table. Yeah, it'll be good to, uh, good to see what happens. be interesting. Should be a meltdown on Big Footy, no doubt. <laughs> All right, before we finish up, we'll get some predictions from you both, including Margin. Uh, Bolly, I'll start with you. What's your prediction for the game? Uh, I think... I, I reckon a, a, a classic 100 to 70, our favour, uh, could, could definitely be in play. Like, I, I feel like it's going to be that sort of tight, that tight first half where Brisbane are all are playing like they are. They're playing to not go 0 and 4 at the stage, so they they're really going to come out hunting, and they will know that they pushed us last time, and they they are better than the last time we faced them. Having said that, we have had we've had haven't been in like what the last ten years or something, so a bit of a rivalry there. But if we're to believe history, then I think a thirty point decent decent finish will uh, will see us on top. And Tigers fan thirty five. What about yourself? I'm just going. I'm going for a 35 point win for us. Just, I'd love to see us get some percentage, but I, I can't see that happening at the moment with how we sort of let it go against Hawthorne. Um, but a good 60 point win would be great if we could get that and follow through in the last quarter and run over them. But I'm, I'm going for a 35 point win. Yeah, I think somewhere around that mark as well. I'm going to go with about 26-point win. Um, Brisbane won't be easy beats by any stretch. They're going to be full of confidence from their game against Port. They'll have that extreme self-belief that they can match it with the top team. Um, and, yeah, they'll be hungry and ready for the contest. And if we aren't switched on, it could turn pear-shaped real quick. And just a reminder, the game is on Saturday, April 14th at the MCG at 2.10pm, and we're live on Foxtel from 2 o'clock. So, Bolly, TigersFan35, thanks so much for coming to the show, guys. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. No worries. And until next time, go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers.
thank you for listening to another episode of the Richmond Big Footy Tiger Cast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and YouTube so you can follow all the roasts and toasts, the reviews and previews, and all topics Richmond. Also keep an ear out for our special episodes of interviews with past players. Go Tigers!